You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Oh, baby! Every week, Travis Kura. That's Grey Cup me, which is a different person. And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Oh, nearly intercepted it is! And it's over! Ready, set, hunt! <laughs> Thanks for pressing play on this episode of the Two and Out CFL Podcast. I'm Travis Curra. Sheldon Jones is here with me today. A little bit of a different start to the show. There may be some new eyeballs, some new ears listening to the show. I was recently on an episode of Real Talk with Ryan Jesperson, a talk show based out of Edmonton. And recently they had a segment where uh, they were talking about the struggles of the Edmonton Elks, and rightfully so. It's a big news story. It seems to be crossing (laughs) out of the sports realm, out of the Canadian football realm. And people are talking about this home losing streak and the struggles with that team this year. And they were talking about if the CFL was dying, if it's going to be meeting its demise and that they added that it wasn't entertaining. And I ended up writing into the show and, uh, you know, over the past couple of years, I've kind of made it my philosophy to ignore the trolls that talk about the CFL being trash and all that. And why talk about it on a CFL podcast? If you press play, <laughs> I, I'm willing to bet <laughs> that you're a fan of the CFL and you want to see it succeed. So it's really wasting my energy and wasting your time. But I wrote into the show. They invited me on the show, which was really cool. And, uh, you know, I get to present my side of things, my passion for the game, why I think it's going nowhere. And it, it was really cool. And there's been a lot of really cool words being thrown my way from people that I know from inside the CFL uh, family, so to speak, and uh, some CFL fans that I haven't heard from before. So if you're coming to this show for the first time, welcome. We don't always talk about existential crises with the league. We just talk about the damn games. We don't really take it uh, all too seriously all the time because what is the fun in that? But uh, Sheldon, you're in Regina. There, there, I. It seems like we always talk about the league is dying and maybe that's a social media sensationalism at work. But, I mean, people were mad at the writers last year with how things were going, the lack of discipline, the stupid things happening on the field, the high Grey Cup ticket prices. So people, even though they paid for them, they just decided not to show up. And tickets uh, this year, not moving as much as we've seen in the past in Regina. Uh I just chalk it up to not really being sure what this team is, not really being sure what kind of product they're going to be consistently putting on the field. But that shiny new, it's not so new anymore, but it costs a lot of money to go to games now. I I really don't think, and the riders are still profitable. Let's be clear. Like people want Reynolds out as the president of the team. He's still making them money. So I guess that's the name of the game. Uh, are, are you worried about anything? I mean, of course we can do things better, but are you worried? 
I don't know if I'm worried. Like it's not like we're a telethon looming. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I'm worried for Edmonton. I, I legitimately am. I'm worried that they're not gonna be able to keep this community based team. Like I think somebody private needs to kinda come in and kinda save it, but no, I'm not worried. It's the CFL has lasted as long as it has because of its hardcore fans. Um it's just the hardcore fans have a lot less disposable income right now. Uh, and while I believe they are starting to do some things to attract some newer fans, uh, they, they need to be better at it. Uh, but I wouldn't say I'm worried, and I'm a pretty pessimistic person. So, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm not worried. I work across the street from the stadium. I see it every day. Uh, I can't imagine my life without CFL football, so not willing to go there. So I uh I think we need to remember that Taylor Field, I think it only hold twenty nine and change, right? So yeah. we got four thousand more seats in a city of less than two hundred thousand people. And I think there is this perception that like seventy five percent of people in the stands travel from six hours away. <laughs> That's not uh how it is and maybe a lot of those people can't afford to go anymore gas prices suck now man and ticket prices are a lot of money so that's a big commitment that's a big uh money uh <laughs> commitment as well so may- maybe that's what we're seeing in regina but i i point to yeah. the tv ratings look there are thirty thousand people in the stands but when over six hundred thousand people watch at home you can say, oh, well, they're giving money to the, you know, the the television cable companies or whatever, but they're watching, man, and that means something. I really believe that means something. When you're beating the Blue Jays in ratings, when <laughs> you're beating games from last year, when the t- uh, I mean, look, I- I'm passionate about this game. If you're listening to this, you're passionate about it, too. You know it, but uh, check out my appearance on Real Talk and uh, see what you thought about my performance. I watched it back, and I told my wife, well, damn, I sucked. (laughs) I could have been a lot better, but maybe I'll get another opportunity to go on there uh, one day. We'll get something positive in here. The, The plans being unveiled for the 110th Grey Cup in Hamilton this looks like a great time. They got it in 2021. It was like right as Omicron was uh, <laughs> was was happening. So it was a scaled down Grey Cup. And this year, I don't know. This stuff looks awesome. They've got some walkable festivals. They're spreading out to Niagara Falls. They're doing shuttles between Niagara and Hamilton. They're doing the CFL Awards in Niagara Falls. All of this stuff looks fantastic. I'm happy that the Hammer is getting their second Grey Cup in a few years after not having it for over 20. Looking forward to getting back to the Hammer in uh, November and seeing a full-blown Grey Cup to its full potential with the good people of Hamilton, Sheldon. Yeah, no, it looks awesome uh like it looks like they're having a concert the night before like a, an arena concert so yeah. it must be a pretty big probably gonna be their kills let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> and why not, uh, why, no not? One, yeah. why not 
if anyone hates Garrett Kells, they don't like music. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm just, it's like, like where everyone says Jess Moskaluke or the Sheepdogs for Saskatchewan yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, but no, it looks awesome. And, and having the players awards out in Niagara, that's, that's cool. Uh, if hopefully they're affordable tickets for everyone going there yeah. and doesn't cost an arm and a leg, but, uh, that backdrop like that, that, that'll be awesome. Yeah. It'll be fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Back to the negative stuff. Uh, <laughs> and, and this, it's funny. Yeah, Hamilton, about it. <laughs> Hamilton and Edmonton playing each other this week. And uh, Victor Quee is out as the CEO and president of the Edmonton Elks, being reported as a mutually decided decision. But as more comes out, man, and... It is social media stuff. You don't you don't know how much stock you want to put into it. But when at the press conference they say want they want to respect privacy of all those involved and former employees of the organization saying that this doesn't surprise them that the work environment wasn't all that good under Victor in Edmonton. A bit surprising for me to hear. I'm not working in the organization. His public-facing persona was was great, and I thought fans across the CFL were big fans of Victor and the energy he brought to that organization and the CFL. But when the team loses and loses and loses, it's tough to attract butts to seats. And then, obviously, stuff going on behind the scenes uh, just meant that the relationship had to end. Yeah, it's. I think it's a where there's smoke, there's fire kind of situation here. But uh, it's it's bad. Um, yeah. From all, like you said, from all outside appearances, Victor Quee was nothing but great for the league, nothing but great for the team. His marketing was awesome. He had like the singles night thing on the field. Yeah. He had the guaranteed win night. Like he was he was working his ass off. It seemed to try to get that fan base to buy in and. On an 0 and 9 team, they still were like people were still going to the games. I know a lot of the, there was a couple sections that kept to go going for free because they weren't winning, but still, that's butts and seats. That's somebody buying a hot dog, a beer. Uh, it's a sad, sad day. Like <laughs> you asked me before if I think the seal is dying, and I say no, but this it's a yeah. blow, it's a huge blow. I know, like, I saw people in the CFL family who. Every single one of them at one point were like, I wish Victor Quee was our team president. I know, I know. And when you're a Ryder fan and you are not happy with your team president, and I was one of those people because, like you said, Craig, De- or, um, Craig Reynolds is obviously making the Riders money, uh, yeah. having the Grey Cup helped, but um, we're needing a change here, I think, in that position. And, uh, it, it's almost like, wow, Victor Quee's available maybe, but want him now because of what we're hearing about this behind-the-scenes stuff. Not- there, there was a time when 500 was acceptable in Saskatchewan. 500 yeah. has never been acceptable in Edmonton. And then nine games under 500 is an absolute travesty in Edmonton. So something obviously needed to change. And the press conference, they, they said Jones is solid. However, if they let go of him now, they only need to pay him for one more year. That was another piece of information that came out of this whole thing. So I, I'm guessing they give him to the end of next year. They're going to be 
And if things don't improve, they'll be paying him for that fourth year, whether he's with them or not. So (laughs) there is a chance here. Now, hear me out. Just look at the standings here. If Edmonton wins this game in Hamilton, which I think a lot of people are picking Edmonton, it's a bit of a disrespectful position to Hamilton as they are coming off the bye, and we've seen teams come off the bye this year and smash opposing teams. So that's an interesting thing there. But then next weekend, Ottawa traveling to Commonwealth Stadium. Hey, if Edmonton plays a complete four quarters, they could win that. Then they got the back-to-back with Calgary. Calgary's not exactly <laughs> dominant oh. right now. They're one and four at home. Edmonton mm-hmm. could steal a game there. Mm-hmm. But Saskatchewan's four and five. They play the Lions this week. And then they play Winnipeg back-to-back. And then they play Edmonton. There is a chance, Sheldon. <laughs> no, Saskatchewan has a season series already with Edmonton. But the, we this could be a completely different conversation in six weeks. Oh, yeah, it could. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have nothing else to say other than that because I'm fully expecting... It's just what I see, what I see happening. And... Like, I, I don't expect us to win either of the games against the Bombers. So then we're sitting at four and ten. No, four, uh, yeah. When There's, does the axe fall on the Craig? Let's put it this way: If O'Day wants to save his job, it needs to happen next week. If he doesn't want to save his job and he's going to ride out in the sunset with him, they're both going to be gone at the end of the year. Yeah. But if O'Day wants yeah. to have a chance to, because he hasn't actually got to hire his own head coach. So if the Riders lose and it's bad, which we all kind of think it's going to happen this Sunday, the bye week is the perfect time to get rid of a coach. You see what Shivers can do for the rest of the year as the interim head coach. And then if you're O'Day, you can at least say to Craig Reynolds and the board of directors, hey, I haven't had a chance to get my own guy here. I was hands or I was hand tied with Craig Dickinson because of Chris Jones and the way he left. So here's my give me a chance to hire my own guy. That's honestly the only way I see a completely non new regime next year. And if Reynolds allows them to get to the point where they're searching for a GM and a head coach, he still deserves to be gone too. Like it's injuries are obviously the yeah. main factor, I yeah. think, in Ryderville, as well as some suspect play calling and suspect yeah. decisions. And but again, everything falls under the coach. For the players, everything falls under the quarterback, right? And our quarterback is hurt, so we can't really blame him right now, right? So it's gotta happen this week or it doesn't happen at the end of the Watch them beat BC. <laughs> it's like he's no, I'm just worried gonna... we're gonna we're gonna limp into the playoffs, win a game in the playoffs, then get our ass kicked, and then he's gonna be like, "Oh, we let's keep it going. We made it to the play at like yeah. just 
Cut the head off and let's start fresh. <laughs> the Ticats wow. are five and a half point favorites over the Edmonton Elks, even though there is some buzz surrounding the Elks right now. And look, what happened last week, getting up to a 22 nothing lead on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And then Zach Kolaros goes down. And then the Bombers hit them with four touchdown passes and 300 yards passing. They've done that for four consecutive games, the 300 yards passing. They haven't done that since 2007. They also did it in 1994. The high-flying Blue Bomber offense is back, but Edmonton allowed it to happen with Drew Brown, which is, I think, just the way everyone had that game script drawn up, right? (laughs) 100%. 100%. Well, I had Drew Brown at bad range. Yeah. Yeah. But Edmonton, they it was like they were the prom queen. They got to the prom, and then they were one-minute men. And then everything <laughs> went out the window. They got too excited. And who can blame you? You're 0-8 going in there. Yeah. You set out twice, and in the first quarter, you're up like 21 nothing. Like, you got a little premature celebration there, and then I think they took the foot off the gas, and then they – Found out what happened, but again, good coaches don't let that happen. But well, everyone got it. excited. It, it seems to be clockwork. The Elks are competitive in the first half. Third quarter rolls around, and then everything just it, it hits the fan. It, it just completely falls apart. Chris Jones does not make adjustments. Chris Jones does what like he always wants to prove himself right. He always wants to like. No, we'll win my way, damn it. Like, he, right. like it, he's never really been an adjustment guy. When he was in Saskatchewan, he didn't really make – that was one thing that we were pissed off about all the time is that there was never any second-half adjustments. So I, I think that if if they can get off to a head start here again, like another, you know, touchdown on the first drive, make a big defensive stop, I think playing against a, a weaker team like Hamilton, they – wouldn't have that happen to them again, but who knows? Well, let's look at uh, last year for the Elks. They open the season 0-3. They go to Hamilton. Trey Ford gets the start. Elks win 29-25. Are we here again with Trey Ford making the start in Hamilton? He uh, had success there last year. He had success against Winnipeg last week. He called out Chris Jones, well, basically the play callers, by saying we were too conservative with the play calling in the second half. Jones told him to stay in his lane. I <laughs> I love those sort of honest interviews from players. We don't see it enough. And then you kind of get hammered down by the coach <laughs> after that. But you, you kind of get <laughs> where both of them are coming from, I guess. I, I wonder if there was some tension behind the scenes before Trey ever got the opportunity to to lead the team. But him leading the team is great for the CFL. Like over six hundred thousand oh. people watched that game. I I hate to harp on that, but that's an, a fantastic number. People want to see Trey Ford succeed, and. People want to see the Elks 
either win or lose. They, they, <laughs> like, how long can the streak go? And then if they win, you're witnessing the end of this crazy streak. So I don't know. The, the, the buzz surrounding the team, to me, it's very impressive. I, I don't know how they keep it up, but they do. Oh, I know. And I, I haven't looked at the numbers, but when was the last time a game on TSN that did not include the Rough Riders in the regular season had 600,000 people watching it? Yeah, probably not. Not very many. Maybe bomber games, but uh, been good numbers really this year. Yeah, but it, that's because this year has been that crazy. Like any team can win at any given yeah. time. It seems. Yeah. Other than <laughs> you're spotted a 22 yeah. point lead and then it melts away. Yeah. No, but like honestly, like. Vernon Adams has had a game where he throws six picks and he ever yeah. he looks like the guy that everyone keeps ragging on him. And then he goes and he plays lights out the next week and destroys like it just seems like this is what we as fans want. We want parody. We I know everyone wants to be a bomber fan or and you know, win go be perennial contenders and blah but no. As fans we just want entertaining football. We want to feel like our team can win every game, any game, but it's not fun if your team wins every game. It's not fun if your team loses every game, but if there's parity, that's when it's fun because then people who don't have any dog in the fight, they watch the game because they're like, oh, who can win? Yeah, yeah. Even it's my wife to- says uh, she'd rather win the Grey Cup like in a close game because then it's exciting to the end, and I say no. I would rather win by 56 points. Cup's different. <laughs> like, I understand Taylor's logic there, but when we were in 2013 and we were like, we knew we won nervous, that game. Like, yeah, yeah, no, we were nervous, obviously, but I knew we were winning it when Sheets fumbled and it went right into Durant's hands and he kept going the other way around. But, but we knew we were going to win that game, but you. A game that comes down to a, a last-second field goal when maybe there's a penalty. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want. <laughs> My blood like, pressure can't handle. Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Darren Flutie is going to be added to the wall of honor in this game in uh, the Hammer. Uh, Taylor Powell set to get the start at quarterback, and for Edmonton, Geno Lewis is uh, available for the Elks. So Trey Ford getting a very capable receiver, to say the very least, to throw to in Hamilton. If you do look at the injury report, the Elks going to be without Luches Purifoy. He's got a calf injury, hasn't practiced all week. But, hey, bringing back the likes of uh, Geno Lewis. I know he's on the offense, but that'll be good for the Elks. If you look at the Ticats, uh, Chris Van Zyl has been uh, out. He's he's kind of been dealing with uh, injuries the last few years of his career. Kyle Saxlid, also on the offensive line, is questionable with a knee injury. Terry Godwin is doubtful. Uh, the receiver that's had some successful games for the Ticats, he's got an illness going on. Could see receiver Anthony Johnson get into the lineup there. But Joel Figueroa on the O-line also hurt. Uh, This game, like Dylan Wynn, he's practicing in full for the Ticats. If he plays on the D-line, that'll be big because the Elks O-line has been up and down this year. Uh, 
this game, man. I I see it going either way, but uh, neither of these teams can afford to get off to a good start and then just lay off the gas because we've seen it happen to both of them. And not only is Chris Jones' seat warming up a little bit, Orlando Steinauer's seat is warming up as well in Hamilton as the Ticats are three and five. Friday night football at McMahon Stadium. Uh, The Calgary Stampeders are five-and-a-half-point underdogs against the uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The over-under is 47-and-a-half as the Stamps are going to be marking, I guess, the 25th anniversary of that 1998 championship team. Sheldon, Jeff Garcia, the starting quarterback. Dave Dickinson, the backup. (laughs) The good old days when... We hate. We still hated the stamps. Yep. Yeah, I remember. But but like actually, just think about the quarterbacks in the last thirty years, just in the two Alberta teams. Yeah, I think that is wow. really the root of sort of what has been going on in the last couple of years. Like they they had this pipeline of just endless court. Like sometimes the first, the second, and the third stringer were starting caliber. They're Mm -hmm. not there right now, but look back at that 98 team. They're they're wild. And you want to talk about starting caliber quarterbacks. Zach Kalaros hasn't practiced this week. He's listed as questionable. I'd say that the questionable is a little generous. I do not think that Zach's going to be playing. He's got a neck injury. Uh, And Drew Brown (laughs) proved last week against Edmonton. He can get it done. So it's yeah. tough to read sometimes what Mike O'Shea's going to do. Okay. I think he trusts his veteran guys that if they feel ready to go, even if they haven't practiced, he'll allow them to play. But this feels like a week off for Zach. Oh, I wouldn't play Zach at all. Like, it's it's not worth it. You saw We saw what Drew Brown is able to do. Uh, and... Calgary is a less of a point. Like they're not, they're not that good. So I would certainly be rolling with Brown there because it's a night where you're not going up against the, the, the top tier with BC and Toronto and Winnipeg. That's what I would kind of consider the top tier right now. So you're, you're playing against a middle tier team at home where they've been struggling and, there's going to be an extended halftime, so people they're going to come out a little cold, maybe in the in the second half there. Like I just, this is this is a game where you just don't play Zach, in my opinion. But then again, those same Calgary Stampeders ended the undefeated streak for the Toronto Argonauts recently. So they did. What do we get from uh, those uh, Stampeders? Jake Mayer, uh, though he hasn't really gotten it done. Uh, I guess against Saskatchewan, he had some nice performances. He had a nice performance against Ottawa in a losing mm-hmm. effort. But the turnovers, the the poor decision-making from him, it did not go well against the Lions last week. And he's going to be in tough against Willie Jefferson and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at home this week. The the Stamps do get uh, a little bit of help 
uh, a defensive back. Shaq Richardson is back in town. He's a former Stampeder. He was last with the Toronto Argonauts last year, won the Grey Cup against the Bombers. If we look at the injury report so far this week between the Bombers and the Stampeders, other than Zach, the Bombers right now look very healthy, which <laughs> I don't know how. It's like we, we talk about this team getting older or slowing down. Normally, as you age, you probably get hurt more. I, I sleep wrong, and I'm down for 10 days. But these Bombers, <laughs> they're they're playing great ball. They're, they're healthy for the most part, and... Calgary uh, has some injury issues themselves, including uh, wide receiver Clark Barnes dealing with a knee injury. He has been ruled out for the Friday nighter. And also Canadian receiver Cole Tucker is dealing with a foot injury. He's been ruled out for the game as well. But it all comes down to quarterback. Can they protect Jake Mayer? And can they uh, establish some consistency on offense, because they sure did not do that against the BC Lions last week when they lost 37 to 9. 136 passing yards between Chris Reynolds and Jake Mayer, getting Kadeem Carey back, giving him seven carries over six yards of carry was good, but they're going to need a lot more of that to win against Winnipeg. Montreal Alouettes, two-and-a-half-point favorites going to Ottawa, where the over-under is at 47-and-a-half. Now, I just look at Ottawa, man. The biggest concern there is that passing defense. How do they limit other quarterbacks and other offenses? The, the stats are not good. They're giving up 326 <laughs> pass yards a game. Uh, they're averaging... 10.2 yards a completion. They've given up 15 passing touchdowns. Those are last in the CFL. But will Cody Fajardo be playing for the Alouettes? It could be Caleb Evans again. But <laughs> the Alouettes had success against Saskatchewan. Uh, and the quarterback did not have to do much. They, <laughs> they in fact... They almost had to do nothing. Uh, <laughs> Caleb Evans, 8 of 13 for 149 yards. He did have 66 rushing yards and two rushing TDs in a 41-12 win. Caleb playing his old team in the Ottawa Red Blacks. He might have a few things to prove on Saturday evening. Yeah, this is a similar situation to Winnipeg. Like, if you're Jason Moss, you just give Cody another week. Uh, Evans looked good against the Riders, so there's no reason to say why he couldn't look good against Ottawa. Um, is Ottawa's run defense still tops, though? Like, is there, they're, they're pretty good solid against, against the, the run. run. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so that's that's the one thing going against Montreal is they still really haven't been able to get Stanbeck going. I know a little bit better in the past few weeks, but... Um, yeah, no, I roll with K Evans and because uh, the same situation is. Yeah, uh, that's what I think they'll do. Uh, stand back practicing in full this week, dealing with a hip issue. Walter Fletcher got the start against Saskatchewan, 
Uh, Christian Matt, the offensive lineman, has in practice this week. And an interesting situation to watch here is Austin Mack dealing with an ankle issue, practiced Tuesday, didn't practice Wednesday. And, uh, of course, Kayon Julian Grant hurt as well for the Alouettes. So who's going to step up if Mack misses the game as the number one threat in that uh, receiving game? For the Alouettes, that'll be something to watch. Tyler Sneed, I think he had a hat trick of touchdowns earlier in the year. Could he be an option for the Alouettes against the Ottawa Red Blacks? As for the Red Blacks, it it, it always has to come down to forcing Dustin Crum to beat you with his arm, right? And he he did all right against Toronto. He had three passing touchdowns against Toronto. But the thing is when the defense is unable to limit what Chad Kelly was able to do, four passing touchdowns, 417 yards. Dustin Crum had a good game through the air, 21 to 26, 292, three touchdowns. That's about what you want for yeah. your uh quarterback and he also had 157 yards to Jalen Acklin and a touchdown. In my fantasy lineup, 151 points last week. I'm in this big CFL fans fight cancer fantasy league. Best week of the year, someone beats me. I'm like, give me. I I feel like I finished second about four times this year. (laughs) Always one person. I've been hovering around the 69 mark with Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not doing so well. But on the Ryder fans, pick them, like the game. You're doing good. Second place. I'll take it. I don't know how. I'm doing horrible. (laughs) Pick them's my game. Fantasy's not my game. (laughs) And I don't even have AJ Olette to be my captains. Oh, no. Yeah, that's another guy. (laughs) Yeah, since uh, the Argos are on by. I had Mr. Swag Kelly. You know, I wore wore my Rough Rider shirt to Olympic Stadium for two Metallica shows. This guy comes up to me. You should be wearing an Argo hat. Let's go, Swag Kelly. I was like, wow. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) This is a unicorn. Yeah, Argo fan in the wild, amazing. Hey, Swag Kelly is uh, turning some heads, man. Love to see it. Okay, let's do it. Saskatchewan Rough Riders home to the BC Lions and the Lions nine and a half point favorites. Vernon Adams Jr. taking oh. all the reps in uh, practice. Uh, defensive lineman Nick Usher has been added to the practice roster for the BC Lions and the Lions coming off that boo, that statement win, I would say, against the Calgary Stampeders last week. And then uh, they get a solid amount of rest traveling to Regina. You'd like to think it's a tough place to play, but man, Vernon Adams Jr. last week, four touchdown passes, 322 yards. They didn't really need to run the ball. Taquan Mizell had 12 carries for 42 yards, so I guess Calgary did all right in that department. Saskatchewan will do all right in that department as well. But the matchup here is 
Jake Dolagala and the Saskatchewan Rough Rider offense with Mason Fine hurt, how can they generate anything against the Lions defense? I don't know. We, <laughs> I think that you know, <laughs> that's the clip. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the title. I don't know. Uh, best case scenario, BC has a trap game. Yeah. Uh, like we've, I don't remember ever being on the receiving end of a trap game as a Ryder fan. Uh, we're certainly on the giving end of a trap game. Uh, yeah. But I, uh, no, I just, I don't have any faith in, in the offense right now. Um, I have faith in the defense to keep it yeah. close yeah. for the first yeah. three quarters until they get tired of after all the two and outs. Um, but we need that Mario Alfred two yeah. touchdown yeah. performance and a, and a couple defensive scores for this game to stay close, I think, just because it's just – Vernon Adams is is he's the real deal. He may have a bad game every now and then, but he is the real deal. And they have guy. so many, they have so many weapons in their offense, and they have crazy players on D line. <laughs> like, like, I just, it's going to be a rough night at the office for the Riders. I think. Well, if you remember the last time these two teams played, Jamal Morrow had 12 carries for 11 yards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. need to get the darn ball moving on the ground. It, I understand it's tough against a team like the Lions, but that has to be a major focus if you can't run it, and look, I, I know people are, uh, they're excited. Uh, they're getting their wish in Saskatchewan. Jake Dolagala is going to get the start, and some of them wanted him to start over Mason Fine anyway. Six foot seven, dynamite arm. Will he have the time to make the right decisions and make the right throws? Keon Schaefer Baker does look like he will be playing he's been practicing in full so that obviously would be an amazing addition to uh, the rough rider offense and i've become a fan of uh is it shern's jarris third oh, my lisp means i just can't Sturm. say it <laughs> <laughs> but i, I put him We're in my Gary Stern, but it's okay. Stearns. okay there we go jarris Stearns. there we go I, I had him in my lineup last week uh, he was twenty five hundred bucks, and he got uh, four catches for forty one yards. Uh, the week before against Ottawa, he had uh, seven catches for seventy one yards. So look, forty five hundred bucks. I expect the Riders to be playing from behind. <laughs> Maybe they throw the ball his way, or Schaefer Baker's way, or whoever's way uh, to try to make yeah. things happen against the Lions. They, what they need to do, it's kind of like, it's no different than what Trey Ford said in Edmonton. They need to open up the playbook here. They can't, like, ever since Harris got hurt, uh, Jeffrey's been calling a very, very, very vanilla playbook. And yeah. I get it. These guys are backups, but 
the teams know what a vanilla play, how to defend against a vanilla playbook. So they need to start throwing some misdirection. They need to fake some sweeps. They need to, they just need to be not predictable. And there was a lot of hesitation, I think, in Ryderville when he was first signed, but also a little bit of optimism, I think, because he was an unknown, right? Like he didn't have, this wealth of CFL experience, but some fresh meat into the coaching staff is kind of what people have been wanting, but he hasn't really been great. He's been average at best, I think in his calls. So he needs to, he needs to open it up. He needs to just trust his quarterback. And if, if you throw a couple picks because you're trying to go downfield, then it's just like a punt, get your defense out there, get a stop, get them to punt it back to you. Like, you got to roll the dice when you got your third string quarterback in there. Desperate times in uh, Ryder Nation. Um, Anthony Lanier, early in the practice week, hasn't practiced. Uh, That would be a big loss to the defensive line for the Riders. Uh, Fullback Albert Awachi also hasn't uh, practiced. He's dealing with a knee issue right now. But otherwise, it seems like the Riders, they're sort of getting healthy here. Uh, at, at a decent time. I know they're without some key pieces on the offensive line that they would have liked from the beginning of the year. Um, like uh, Philip Blake, the, the veteran there, that, that's a big loss, but get some pieces back. And now it's put up or shut up time for the Rough Riders. If they steal a win <laughs> against the Lions with a third straight quarterback, then yeah, it is wacko season in the Canadian Football League, and I am here for it. There's a reason why the Lions are almost 10-point favorites here Sunday night in Regina. Your fantasy lineup, what are you looking like this uh, this week? Ooh, i got to pull it up here one second. Uh, I'll run through oh, mine right ready. now. Uh, I'm going with uh, a bomber-heavy lineup. Drew Brown, Brady Oliveira, and Nick Dembski are going to be the centerpieces of my uh, fantasy lineup this week. I've got James Butler. The Elks' run defense has struggled. I expect they'll hand it off to him for Taylor Powell, or Taylor Powell might be throwing him the ball too. So that's what I'm going with at running back. I'm going with Jalen Acklin again. Uh, He worked for me last week. I'm going with Stearns for the Riders again. Worked for me last week. Don't fix fix what's broke. And I'm taking that BC Lions defense. I think I had 700 bucks left over. Uh, so I'm also going with Brown. Uh, I have Derek Mills and Butler as my running backs. Uh, I got Lucky Whitehead and Keanu Hatcher as my receivers. Wow. Uh, <laughs> whoever, Whichever one Marshall's covering will give me a touchdown at least. <laughs> uh, and then I got Stearns as my flex as well and then I'm going with the Ottawa defense Ottawa. I have 2000 yeah I have 2000 bucks left over just in case uh, Claris does play then I can swap out Drew Brown for Dola Gala I guess I don't know if, somebody, if, somebody else somebody else would be awesome yeah. If if no, I look at the Canadian <laughs> Football uh, Podcast Fantasy League this week, uh, who am I against? I'm against Adam from Canadian Football Countdown. 
He's he's a little bit worried. If if I look at the stats this year, I'm only six and four. Uh, Adam, if I look his way, he's four and six. I need a win. <laughs> I need a win. I am first in points scored, but fifth in the league. Fixes in, that man. Happen? That's what I like to say. Yeah. Fixes in. <laughs> Who are you picking to win the games? I got Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, BC. Yeah, road sweep. Yep, I, I do too. Same. A road sweep. Yep. Wow. Home teams aren't the home team. Like it's it's yeah, they, it's they don't wild. have the, the crazy record. So and I think that's only really looking for one upset, right? And yeah, yeah. I think true. the Hamilton and Edmonton game is a coin flip, like we were saying before. So I think I think a road sweep is gonna happen. Well, Mr. Jones, uh, I think you've got some pizza to eat. Thank you so much for taking the the time to come on the show to get us ready for week 11 already, Labor Day right around the corner, which is always fun, no matter how crappy or how good your team is going when Labor Day rolls around. (laughs) Yep, the fun times other than the game. You can rate, review, and subscribe to Two and Out in your favorite podcatcher. Check us out on YouTube as well. Leave it a comment if you want to see my uh, ruggedly handsome face and Sheldon's beautiful mullet, man. Do not shave that. Okay. okay I won't. If you shave anything, you should shave down to a handlebar mustache. I can't, like, I don't know if you can okay, see, but just I can't the mustache here. Right uh, I I I can't rock a duster. <laughs> I'm not Tyrell. The ginger duster? I don't know. I think it looked good. <laughs> we'll see you next Wednesday. Who knows? All right, man. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, enjoy Week 11 of CFL action. The league is here to stay, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter. 